0: I got 75 EB80. 75, 80s. 80, 80, 80. 80. Nice calls. Holiday Week Market Report. It's a special one. And it's gonna be a little different here. Uh, the Thanksgiving days are all gonna be, those games, three of them, are gonna be all put into a special three for one pod. Now, what does that mean, three for one? You're listening to the market report, also known as the Tote Board Watchers Delight. That's kind of a less popular name, but it's there. It's out there, and <laughs> I'm trying at least. It will fetch. Will be a thing, as they say. What is this
1: tote board you speak of? I don't even know what a tote board. Oh, you
0: know, Fez, you you came up on the tote board.
1: I love those those big like like. um Steve joints? Black pencils, pens that they'd write the baseball scores on, put the zeros and the. Fours. I think I think
0: you're thinking of the movie Eight Men Out. <laughs> <laughs> they, that they had that depicted there. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, there really was, and this is something I didn't fully understand till recently, a couple years ago, is the idea that you hear about uh, lines across inter or interstate lines, right? And the Wire Act. Remember how you know? It's still, I guess, to some degree on the book. I'm not sure the legal. I think they they made some of it not enforceable, or, but I don't know, right? But what it was was a huge deal because back in the day, and still to this day. You'll see people go this you know little disclaimers, this is for information only. I always thought even coming up in the early 90s it was like what, what 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 does this mean? is apparently back in the day, there used to be services if you were a bookie, let's say you were a bookie in Wheeling West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now where would you get your line from? Now, I had a bookie, fortunately that used to do lines. Um, from the morning newspaper, like the AP line or whatever, which which we ended up doing for six years. They would take that line from overnight, and it really wasn't even overnight. We had to have that thing in like by 2.30 in the afternoon, the night, the day before,
1: right? Not the most accurate line, Jeff.
0: And let's just say that was a fun little six months. I was betting into those numbers. But I had another guy that would call whatever, a score phone or whatever, and I was with this guy for like 10 years, and he would get the line at 6 o'clock. He'd open at 6 Eastern and he'd shut down at 7:30. He was open mm. for 90 minutes, but he used the same line for 90 minutes. Yep. All right. So, what would happen is a bigger bookie though, maybe, you know, in Pittsburgh or whatever, would s- subscribe to a service and many of them were out of minute there there's multiple ones out of Minneapolis for some reason. Mm. And this is back in the 50s and 60s and they'd put out a line. But this line wasn't any line. This was pretty much code for not code, but it was understood. This is the best bettable line if you're booking right now. Mm. And people would pay big money, because in a way, it's like having a white label. You know, A lot of places that are, uh, you go to some site, you know, stevesfriend.com or whatever, and you see this great looking site. There's the software. You can bet parlay. Where did this all come from? Well, this is what they call paper head, right? Where every guy you got in there, it's like, what is it, like 15 bucks a week or Mm -hmm. something? And um, They're providing you with the lines if you're the bookie and whatever, whatever. Right. Well, this was that back then. That'd be a phone call. But the way they want to stop it is you can't transmit information for betting across interstate lines. Thus, for information only. Mm. And that's the rest of the story. What do you think? pretty interesting so
1: can i go to the six pay phones at the stardust okay call my buddy in prim nevada Mm -hmm. not crossing a state line that's interesting give him all the numbers Mm -hmm. then have him drive to baker and then he can call from baker and call over the california
0: now that is interesting (laughs) that now it does seem like there's a little delay in there a little
1: little bit yeah
0: but um yes i guess if it wasn't (laughs) i guess if it
1: listen you know how the government is if it was with bad intent Mm, maybe east and west Wendover would be a better example. Wendover is the one border town. Most border towns are all in Nevada, mm-hmm. but that like, I haven't well, been. Well,
0: state any. line, right? Nevada.
1: Yeah, state line's all, exactly, all in Nevada. Because so the a
0: theory there. It would be the closest place you could gamble legally in a casino if you're in California.
1: Yes. I guess you could go to the golf course at Prim, which is in California, six miles down the highway. But in Wendover, you literally can walk across the border.
0: Damn, so you wouldn't even have Ooh, to get, and,
1: and no Tahoe, gasoline cost. Tahoe, of course. South and North it's South Lake Tahoe. Well, why do you think Michael, California you border? <laughs> think Michael
0: Corleone was in Tahoe. There,
1: well, he was I think he was in the North Lake, though, which made no sense. I know he was in Nevada. Yes. He
0: didn't want any part of those California taxes.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: come on, Michael Corleone yeah. would have been the godfather. Well, he was the son of the godfather. Okay. God's country up here. No well, less taxes at minimum. Hmm. I mean, could God really I mean he did say Rend, render unto Caesars what is Caesars? That kind of is code, except your taxes. But I don't know. I'm not a Bible guy, uh, or at least not a, a historian. Hey,
1: as a personal favor, I want you to pay my gambling licensing fee. <laughs> well, that's, that's a great <laughs> thing.
0: Because remember, that's when the senator says, I don't know who you're you know, used to dealing with, but he goes, I want 10%, and that's for all four hotels, Mr. Corleone. <laughs> and then he's just silent like for 30 seconds, just staring at him. And then the senator gets up, he goes, Senator, like you can have my answer now if you like. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. I, I I saw two. We saw one and two in two successive weeks in the big screen. It's probably been seven, eight years now ago. Mm. Ugh. Uh like bon. What's that thing when they go bon? Not bon appetit. What is it when it's just utter perfection? Like it's there's a kiss usually. Mm. Chef's kiss. Okay, but what's that mean? Like, what is it when it's utter? Is it, no, bon appetit means enjoy your meal. Ooh la la. I don't know, but whatever it is, mwah. <laughs> all right. So, what are we, how are we going to combine these shows? Because that was a fourth show. We just did a little, a little history of Nevada, <laughs> but, and then a quick review of the Godfathers. Nothing about three yet. I probably have a minority position on that, which I will share it at the end of this podcast. At the end of this pod, for about 70 seconds, I'll tell you what. Most people get wrong about Godfather 3. But first, Fez, you are going to do every, and you've done already. How was it? Exceptional. Okay, well, self-grade, exceptional. (laughs) And, hey, who am I to argue? I wasn't here. But what I'll say is I trust Fez. He's done every game except the Thursday games. Why? Because we're making this a special, this next pod, a 3-in-1 pod, in which for those games on Thursday, six teams, three games, we're going to give you... Both the recap of the games played prior, last week's game, for those teams. And you think it's six games, but it's not. It's a little riddle for you. Then we're going to give you the early market report, which is this pod's purview, typically. Providence, I think, maybe. And then... (laughs)
1: They got a
0: football (laughs) team? That's pretty good. And then we're going to give you the preview, the preview, all in one. That's going to be the next pod, which is in your feed right now. If you're not subscribed, you should subscribe. If you are, you're going to see it. And then come taping Wednesday, release Thursday. You might say, how are you releasing on Thanksgiving? Because Thanksgiving games are already handled. This is all for Sunday. So leisurely or leisurely over Thanksgiving, you can listen to it or Friday or Saturday. All right, sounds good, Fez. Let's get into anything you want to say Oh, you got a rare double move. Predict is this the this is the first time you've ever predicted a double move.
1: It's the very first you, time. You say it's gonna go here and then it's gonna go here. Exactly. Or in the week the line's gonna go up, then now it's gonna come back did, down. Did
0: you tell was the pivot point a time or a certain market reality?
1: The pivot point was oh, I said it was midweek. And wow. Then was, and you
0: want to get a little more specific?
1: Tomorrow at 2 p.m. Tuesday at 2 p.m. I expect that the so, favorites so, so. gets hit.
0: Okay. So, boy, you better listen. Afternoon, somewhere right, afternoon. us <laughs> How's this? If you give me a four-hour range, I'm going to be happy. There so before go. it gets dark, I think this makes it easier. Give me a four-hour window, Eastern time, when the pivot. You expect it to happen. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern time. Yes. On Tuesday. Yes. Now, where else are you going to get that? Stay tuned, especially for that my, or that Godfather Three at the end. Thank
2: you. The Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Look ahead in this line was Jags plus three and a half at home. World Open was Jags plus four, and that's where we are right now. Jags plus four, hosting the Ravens.
1: Yeah, and I don't have much on this game. Jacksonville coming in off of a bye. I only give them one point for home field when they're having a bad year. I've got Baltimore four and a half points better. So with one for home field, that's a clean three and a half in this game. So not much uh, off the market versus my number. Baltimore with um, uh, some offensive problems. I don't know if we can attribute that to Lamar Jackson, who seems to get tummy aches more than (laughs) anybody that I know. So he's had another... Uh, illness issue before playing Carolina. Who knows? Maybe he has Crohn's disease. Maybe he's got a digestive disorder. I do not know, nor does anybody. So um, let's uh, assume Lamar is going to be 100% if that's the case. Four is the line, and four should be the line. I don't think it's going to move.
2: Is there a term for two-touchdown favorite-itis? I think that might have inflicted our man Lamar over the weekend, but... I'm just speculating here. Next game, the Carolina Panthers are hosting the Denver Broncos. Look ahead in this line. Was Carolina plus two and a half? World Open was plus two and a half? That's where we are right now. Panthers plus two and a half, underdogs hosting the Broncos.
1: So curious situation here where my power ratings, I've got these teams three and a half apart, so we get to roughly two and a half with a little home field. That's where the line is. However, it certainly seems like we got one team Carolina, that's no good, but they're trying very hard each and every week. A lot of effort, not a lot of offense against Baltimore. And the Broncos, um, I got to tell you, Hackett stole my line. Somebody's got to win, McKenzie. <laughs> Unless it's a tie. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's when Hackett said, you know, his expert commentary on the what's going to happen with Las Vegas, Denver. If I'm a head coach, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to do everything we can to put our best foot forward so we can win this game, not... You know, somebody's got to win. Hey, 50% chance by those odds. <laughs> I don't know. You know, when both offenses are struggling, there's two minutes left. I try not to stop the clock with an incompletion and run 40 seconds mm. off when I'm up three. But that's just how I roll. So uh, that was an unfortunate play in the end game. By the way, that was my three-star. My biggest bet was Denver minus two and a half. I don't think I had the right side or the wrong side. Um, unfortunate, does not get home. I'm sure those who had Las Vegas plus three said that, hey, we were free rolling. Uh, we were down three, and worst case, that it was going to land three. So I think the plus three bet was preferable to the minus two-and-a-half bet, but I'm still not sure they both weren't good. Uh, in this case, I think you could certainly make a case for teasers in Carolina. Denver never seems to score at 18 points, so how are they going to cover eight-and-a-half? I think the Carolina teasers look very attractive.
2: The Washington Commanders are hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Look ahead in this game was Washington minus three. World Open was a little bit more than that. By Monday afternoon, it was three and a half. Sitting here Monday evening, the Commanders are four and a half point favorites over the Falcons. What do you make of this one, Fez? Yeah,
1: I agree with the line move. What's interesting, my power ratings, I have Washington only a point and a half better. So Washington does not get a lot of home field at most on my power ratings. I can make it three. So I can't recommend Washington. But my gut feel says Atlanta's a team that's running out of gas. They got the kickoff return touchdown that ultimately got them the win last week, those extra seven points. But I I think Atlanta was fortunate to win and cover in that game against the Bears. You saw all the money coming against Atlanta last week. So I think there's a feeling Atlanta is somewhat spent um, in terms of how high they're going to go, and that with Heineke, Washington is actually a contender, so i got to rethink my power ratings with Washington and maybe throw some of the Wentz games into the garbage can. I agree with the move, but at the current number, uh, I certainly could not support Washington. I'd have to support Atlanta in a game that could well be close, and we'll have to watch if Washington's actually going to pick up some home field now that they are a playoff. Yes, a playoff contender.
2: It's interesting you mentioned throughout the Wentz games, it was about six weeks ago they asked Ron Rivera, what's the difference between your team and the other teams doing, it, doing better in the NFC East? He said quarterback. Quarterback's the difference. Well, they have a new quarterback and 5-1 and with Taylor Heineke, the starter. His numbers aren't that great, but they keep winning with him. So. The Cleveland Browns hosting Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were three-point underdogs, the Browns were, in the look-ahead line. World Open, 3 And now we have it on Monday night. Browns plus 3 with their season on the line at 3-7, and arguably, hosting the Buccaneers. What do you make of this one?
1: Keep an eye on the weather. Uh, Should be in the 40s. Might get some wind. Possible precipitation, not all that likely. That certainly should benefit Cleveland in this case. And given my power ratings only make it 2, I could only look towards Cleveland. But wait, do not bet Cleveland plus 3. Mackenzie, are you ready for a first in terms of market report line forecasting
2: can't wait let's go
1: it's a double forecast so the line is currently painted three i'm gonna forecast this line moves to three and a half within 24 hours support for tampa i have some sources to tell me tampa's gonna get bet and then once it does Later in the week, there will be support for Cleveland knocking the sucker right back down to three. So
2: double line move forecast closes three, but goes to three and a half uh, midweek. So if you like the Browns, wait for three and a half. If you like the Bucks, you're going to get three now, but hey, you might get three by the end of the week. That is a first. That's pretty cool. So nibble.
1: I I would nibble the Bucks minus three if you like the Bucks because you're going to feel good about it when it goes to three and a half. But I think you'll get another kick at the can late in the week. I think it'll go back to that
2: been following this podcast these line move predictions have been spot on so there's another one for you a double no less all right the tennessee titans this is a good one are underdogs they host the cincinnati Bengals. look ahead in this line was titans plus two world open was titans plus one and a half and that's where we are right now titans plus one and a half hosting the Bengals.
1: so this would be my number one emergency alert to start betting i think you got to tease the titans now you can tease them in a six point teaser up to seven and a half you can tease them in a seven point teaser up to eight and a half or you could tease them a six half point teaser up to plus eight make sure you don't have unfavorable ties rules at your teaser shop specifically make sure your ties don't lose that would be the worst scenario but make sure it's also not a situation where if you go one oh and one you push but if you go Oh, one 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 you lose. Make sure if there's a tie, it actually is a tie. If that's not the case, don't play the Titans to plus 8. I can see the Titans flopping over to the point where they become pick I don't think they're going to become a favorite, but I could see them become pick. You're not really giving up anything. There is no way, no way this line can go to 3. Um, we can have a nice debate who the better team is. I do think it's the Bengals, but not by a lot. Uh, Titans with 10 days to prepare. All kinds of defensive injuries. So I guess it is possible that you could see a really bad defensive report in terms of the injuries of the Titans that could drive this line higher, but that's already baked into this line, frankly. And with 10 days off to prepare on this game, I have to feel that um, the Titans are the side you want to be looking at. And I have no interest in betting plus one and a half when I can tease up to a plus seven and a half or a plus eight and a half. So Titans in the teaser would be the way to look. So I'll put down You know, I already recommended, I guess, a Carolina teaser. Let's put them in with Tennessee.
2: Good stuff. Next game, Miami Dolphins hosting the Houston Texans. Look ahead in this game was Dolphins by 10. World Open was Dolphins minus 11 hosting the Texans. We're now up to 12, Dolphins hosting the Texans.
1: Yeah, one quick caveat with the teasers. Um, When you do your teaser betting and mixing and matching, you have to play the right Uh, number of points. So Carolina's a a a two-and-a-half-point dog. There's no reason to use a seven-point teaser with Carolina to get them to nine-and-a-half. The game's not going to land nine. Nine's a dead number. You have to use a six-point teaser with Carolina. Thus, if you pair them with Tennessee, you got to use the six-point teaser with Tennessee. You can't play a seven-point teaser with Tennessee and Carolina. That would be a dumb-dumb move. We don't do dumb-dumb moves here. And by the way, I'll just say this with teasers. Everyone will get mad at me. I don't care. I'm right, and they're wrong. No one wins that plays non-Wong teasers. Preach. Pardon me? (laughs) I said preach. Preach. Well, the bottom line is, so there's guys out there that, like, in their database, they're like, but the road dog plus four and a half fez has covered 77% of the teasers, but, like, magically— the plus four road dog and the plus five and the plus five and F right. road dogs only cover 70%. So anyone that's done a lot of work with data knows you should just smooth all of those four um, outcomes and look at that overall percentage to be indicative of about what those teams are going to cover. And they, they're they not going to cover the necessary percent to be able to justify playing the teaser. Um, so you, you, you want to tease through the three, through the seven. We can have a spirited debate. You're not supposed to tease road favorites of eight point. Only home favorites of minus eight, plus or minus a half. But we can talk about. You can break the rules a little bit if you've got a seven point home favorite that's leaking to seven and a half. You can look to tease that potentially. You also can look to certainly in a um, neutral site like last week. Uh, you had two of them: San Francisco and Buffalo. They're both going to get there with um, you know teasing them downward uh, six points, but. You can, you can tweak the rules. You can't just break them. And the best evidence I can give is the only way a teaser makes sense is 25% of the time the, the teaser has to turn a loss into a win. And that just never gonna happen. My best evidence anyone that thinks that, that they will call me up. I'll give you three to one that a game is not gonna land on your six point corridor. That's a non long teaser, still waiting for anyone to ring my phone. Um, and if, for those who say, but I've won for years playing these plus four and halves I like, well, just bet the plus four and a half then. If you're winning on the teaser, you're gonna win more playing them um, with the point spread and shopping around for the very best number.
2: So if I told you that I teased the Panthers to 16 plus 16, uh, but I won, you still wouldn't be that impressed, huh? Uh, sample
1: size of one, <laughs> yeah, not so much.
2: Yes. That's a really good rule of thumb. It's got to matter 25% of the time. Otherwise, why are you playing the teaser? I like that a lot. can only get that here on this podcast. Now uh, this is—go ahead. Uh, uh, so so you, 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 you queued up the
1: Miami game. I have nothing on it. I make the game 12. The spread is 12. Um, I could see Miami being a little bit fat and happy— and the like. But the bottom line is, I am trying to avoid making any bets that the power ratings don't support. I don't think the spread goes anywhere. I think it stays right where it's at. And this market report, we've been talking a little bit about spreads, but I'm really the number one purpose is to forecast where numbers are going. If you've been listening all year long, we've had great success with the forecasting. And hey, you know what? Sometimes it doesn't win in terms of um, you hear all the time sharp, respected money. On the Pittsburgh Steelers, plus five. On the Indianapolis Colts, plus eight. It doesn't always win, uh, but it puts your best foot forward.
2: Indeed. Lots of line movement in this one. Very interested in your t- thoughts about it. The New York Jets hosting the Chicago Bears. Look ahead at open was Jets minus three and a half. By the end of the look ahead window, we had Jets minus four. The world open was Jets minus four and a half. And very quickly, Monday morning, moved to Jets minus six. But now we're back to Jets minus four and a half Monday evening. What do you make of this? all this line movement, Jets hosting the Bears? It's
1: all quarterback. So Fields is banged up with a shoulder. Normally a shoulder injury is concerning with a quarterback. I don't know if it matters when <laughs> the quarterback just
2: runs the triple wing, right, and just <laughs> runs the ball. Um, the only thing he needs a shoulder for is to lay into the cornerback when he's plowing forward for the first down, seems like.
1: He's so fast. He just he just jukes the bout. So um, I uh, – uh, money has pretty consistently shown against the Jets, and it's pretty consistently shown on the Bears, and it happened today. I think it was it had to have been information. So it peaked at six, could have gotten six, and now it's down to four and a half, five. Six is a pretty darn important number. I do have the Bears plus six in my pocket. They, they the better, seem to always bet the Bears. Now that it's at five, Gosh, I hate I hate to say wait it out five. It's really four and a half um, and see what's going to happen with the number um, because you're not giving up very much. But then again, the Steelers could have landed four and some people were betting them, you know, plus four and plus three and a half at post. Um, I would think if Fields plays, you gotta, you're, you're going to see more money on the Bears and probably going to close three and a half.
2: And we will wait to see what happens with Justin Fields as far as the injury report when that comes out Wednesday. Next game here, Geno Smith and the Seahawks hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Look ahead in this game was minus three, moved to minus three and a half at the end of the look ahead window. World open with Seahawks minus four. And now we're looking at three and a half, four right around there. Seahawks hosting the Raiders.
1: Boy, I don't know what to make of the Raiders. I can tell you this. I've got the Seahawks way better than the market because I have the Seahawks three and a half better on a neutral. And they have a fine home field. So because of that, I think if you are going to bet this game right away, I think this line will leak upwards. And you should go ahead and back the Seahawks. I am going to comment on three of the on a few of these games here that start later versus the summer line. There's been some dramatic dramatic reevaluations or valuations of the teams. This is the first of them. You could have bet Seattle plus three uh, during the summer, and just about a month ago you could have bet Seattle pick 'em. And now I'm saying Seattle minus three and a half has value. Let's be a little careful. If we throw in the preseason expectations into our models, then Seattle is not worthy of being a five-point favorite, which is about what what I make them. Uh, Actually, I make them six. So probably I need to be a little more judicious about where I have my Seattle power rating. Remember, Seattle was only power rated as a a five-and-a-half to six-win team, really five-and-a-half before the season started.
2: One of the rare teams to already have cashed. Their season win prop jets also did that and Atlanta and Atlanta. Give it to the Falcons. They took my 49ers down to do it. No less. All right. We're going to skip the Cardinals chargers game. They are playing currently on Monday night football. Not too dissatisfied with the result that I'm seeing on my screen there. The chiefs hosting the Rams, a lot of movement in this line, perhaps quarterback related as well. Look ahead was chiefs minus 10 moved to chiefs minus 11 at the end of the look ahead window. Then the world open was chiefs minus 14 and a half. And that's where we are right now. Chiefs minus 14 and, one and a half, hosting the Rams.
1: All about quarterback. So Stafford, isn't this his second concussion now? Um, Yet he never got hit. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> uh, clumsy. So <laughs> Stafford, um, and it's not just a John Wolford who's also um, on the mend. So we have what? Wait for it. Wait for it. Who, 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 Bryce who? Perkins. Perkins, yes. Perkins pancake. The guy, the, <laughs> the, uh, the Tiger Wood. No. No, that's a different girl. Um, but I, I had the downgrade being three points for Wolford. I'll make, I guess I'll make it five for Perkins. I don't know anything about Perkins. I'd have to do more research, frankly. But that's like a, a typical third-string quarterback. So we're going to make this line anywhere from 13 to 17. There's a mitigating effect in the fourth quarter when you're a huge favorite. Uh, summer line. Mackenzie, guess what the summer line was on this
2: game? Not even teams, both supposed to win 10 and a half games. I'm going to say Chiefs minus three.
1: Chiefs were minus three, so kind of hard to back the Chiefs minus 14. And again, on some of these game of the years, I did get in front of this when the Rams were really struggling. I do know I've got some Kansas City minus seven-ish in my back pocket, if not minus six and a half, because I know I don't like to lay seven and a half or eight. Um, so value, I could see the Chiefs just kind of walking through this game and and running the ball more than normal might want to consider taking a look at maybe some—the um, Chiefs are banged up at wide receiver. Maybe some Mahomes—I um, don't think I want yardage under, but maybe pass attempts under. I think his usage—you might see a whole lot of Pacheco, who um, it looks like with Allaire banged up the Pacheco's— so probably a Pacheco over would make sense as well.
2: Would you agree with that, Mackenzie? I was on it last game, and uh, 15 carries got well over. Uh, I feel like he's the number one back— the only question is, are the books going to appreciate that fact? If they set it at 52-and-a-half again, yes, I'm slamming the over. If they set it at 60, probably still slamming the over. But if they set it at 67, then they're probably about right. What and, do you think?
1: Uh, I think that it's time to put some eighth-round draft pick— I know, there's not an eighth round— to, to, to return kicks and stop having Pacheco doing that. That's that's what <laughs> I, I think. So, me. By the way, who do you like in the Chiefs uh, 49ers Super Bowl? I've written down what the number should be. <laughs> Can you give me a number on it? What, what, what would you say to that?
2: I'm going to spend the two weeks— making myself believe that it's possible, but I don't really think it's possible. Chiefs minus four and a half It would be my number. I had minus three, minus 120, so we're
1: in the same ballpark. We're certainly close. So, <laughs> all righty, next game.
2: Next game, We're again, we're going to skip the 49ers. They're playing the Saints. They just got done with Monday Night Football. We'll see how that line shakes out. The Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Green Bay Packers. Look ahead in this game was minus six. World Open was minus seven, and that's where we are right now. Eagles minus seven hosting the Packers.
1: Yeah, you know, I make this 10. I am very sur- I am very surprised and I don't know which rating I know which rating is is off. I've got the Packers 2 points below an average team. I think this was Dream Crusher City for them to um really th- th- they needed that win. So, after beating Dallas to to go ahead and then lose to the Titans, I think they feel it's it's they're donezo. I could see the Eagles after a loss and a struggling game against an Indy getting right again. Um, I know you can get minus seven reduced, but I still think that that is the way to go. And I think that that's a a game that you could certainly bet right now.
2: Packers have the fifth worst scoring margin in the league. I'm curious where that stacks up with their power rating. I'm guessing they're better than the fifth worst in the league, but how much? I'm not sure.
1: Um, they're not much better. Green Bay minus two. Uh, They're much better. They're my 18th best team right now.
2: Uh, Two points worse than an average team. I don't think you're too pessimistic having him at 18th, but we shall see. Last game here, we got the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look ahead in this game was Colts minus three. World Open was Colts minus two and a half, but now we are back to Colts minus three hosting the Steelers.
1: Interesting. The summer line on this game was six and a half. Colts were favored. Uh, Don't have much on this. This is is the classic would bet the Colts minus two and a half, would bet the Steelers plus three and a half. Um, I've got the Colts two points better, so with home field three. I do think that the Steelers – on the road are going to struggle mightily offensively. No secret. Everyone knows about it. Uh, I could see there being support for the under, and I would agree with it. I think this will be a very slow-starting game. Um, But the market's well aware of that with a total of 39.
2: How is this the Sunday night football game is my question. Someone had to make some— well, this is Monday night. All right. It's mo- it, it's Monday night because you know the Steelers have a because big, it was scheduled.
1: <laughs> well, they have a big national following, yeah. and the Colts were projected to win ten games and to be a division winner. So I can I can certainly um, you know looking back on it, yeah, the Packers Eagles should have been the, the the Monday night, but they made that one the Sunday night. Um, we are um, we don't have a lot of um, really attractive matchups. This week, and I guess maybe because we used some of our teams up on Thanksgiving, um, I you know Cincinnati-Tennessee probably would be the most attractive Sunday game.
2: No doubt. Two playoff contenders right there.
0: Okay, I'm back. I got the Godfather 3 coming up. Fezzo, I got to tell you something. This Monday night game just finished a little bit ago. Give the 49ers credit, but they actually were staying in uh, Colorado, I think it was, like Belichick did. Mm-hmm. And got used to the altitude here. Arizona said, "Nah, we'll just stay here.
1: It's closer to Arizona. Flagstaff's forty-five minutes away, yeah, right? I mean, we don't I, want or an I, hour if it's if too far. If I had far. the right
0: binoculars, I could see Mexico. I mean, it, it doesn't feel. It feels like an indictment to me of the the whole Arizona operation. Mm. I mean, you got to give Shanahan credit. Now, here, here's a guy whose dad is one of the what twenty best coaches of all time." I mean, Uncle Mike, as we like to call him, he's right up there. Super Bowl wins. Uh, You would think if someone's going to be a know-it-all, it's going to be someone like that, right? And you often see the Mm -hmm. second generation is kind of a know-it-all. To look at what Belichick did and learn from it, I give him a ton of credit.
1: Yeah, and certainly as the game progressed, Arizona had the lead 7-3 after one quarter. That was pretty much it for Arizona, so they clearly wore out in the altitude. Well, Colt McCoy got hurt with how much time left? I I was prepping for the okay. for the pod. I, I think he played the whole first half, right? Did
0: I, I you know I wasn't watching the whole game. I it was kind of in the background for me. But um, McKenzie, you know,
2: it it was after the first half.
0: Okay, second half. So it was hurt in this in, breaking the, in some in <laughs> breaking in news the, for me. Yeah, indeterminate time in the second half. But again, it was it seemed out of hand. Um, all right, Godfather three. This is simple. If you compare it to Godfather one and two. It's not a great, it's it's relatively a lesser movie. And it's not even a, a question. Like no one's gonna say Godfather three is better than one. If they do, check them into a facility. All right, at least for at least for a cautionary review, all right, of their stability mentally. But if you compare Godfather Three to the other movies made, I think I was 91, if I'm not mistaken, the end of 91, it came out Christmas Day. I saw it on Christmas mm. Day, by the way. Uh I think it was probably like the seventh or eighth best movie of the year. And Cisco and Ebert, if I recall, both had it on their top ten list.
1: So you'd put it right maybe below Casino and Goodfellas, but in the same category? Well, here's the thing.
0: A lot of people are upset right now. But we're just, we're just going to say, hey, personal matter, per, opinions of, uh, what? let me see, matters of personal opinion can vary. A lot of people, and I actually find this to be one of the way I divide people up, because I like to divide people, you know, not think of them as humans, but rather mm. pieces on a Excel sheet. No, I'm, but, it, you know, the famous one is, or used to be more famous, which Beatle do you like best, right? So if you were a hippie, you like John. If you were more uh, practical uh, and you like talent, you like Paul, right? If you were a loser, you like Ringo. <laughs> and if you were mystical but not a hippie, you like George Harrison. I mean, I, generally is how it went, mm. Right. Well, my question is, do you like Goodfellas or Godfather 1? Because a shocking number of people like Goodfellas better. Interesting. And I think Goodfellas be- is... Uh, so it was December of 90. So it was uh, the 90 movie. And uh, thank you. And um, I personally think Goodfellas is a top 20 movie of all time. It's a great movie. But it's not The Godfather. And... There's just, le- if you really think of The Godfather, there's very little violence in it, right? There's Luca Brazzi getting garroted, I think is what they call that. And that was very violent. There was a, you know, um, a Santino getting shot.
1: That was kind of graphic.
0: Yeah. They shot Sonny on the causeway
1: a <laughs> hundred times <laughs> and in the face. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. James, Another
0: yeah. James Caan, before he died was saying how dangerous it was. I, you know, I don't know. Um, and then there was the end where he was, you know, renouncing Satan and they were shooting people right through the eye. Mm. Yeah. He Mo inve- Green. He invented Las Vegas. Yeah. And there's not even a statue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, but other, I mean, if you really think about it, the violence was less than 90 seconds of the whole movie. They
1: didn't even show the horse getting killed.
0: Yeah, head. that's true. That's true. That was a, that was understated. Yes, <laughs> a light touch. So, <laughs> yeah. so apparently the actor in that didn't know what there was going to be, and so some of that shock was kind of like you know method acting, I guess. Mm. Um, well, you know that lends to one of the great lines. you know, actually, I got to figure something right now. Mackenzie's becoming more like Jamie from. Uh, Oh, what am I thinking of right now? God, I can't... Joe Rogan experience? Yeah, Joe Rogan. Um, I was so on something else. But, um, oh, now he's... Yeah, you know, he's actually showing a scene that is a little violent when he beats up Carlo. That's a very good point. Now, the fact he could remember that shocks me, actually. You actually watched all The Godfather?
2: Both of them, all the way through. Almost made the third one, too. I
0: mean, because usually, you know, you do know for years I thought Mackenzie had seen The Wire. For years. (laughs) And then there was a couple times in between... That I would say something like, Fez is like staring at the Godfather. Like It is. It's compelling. Whatever you put it on, there's something hypnotic about it. There really is. The uh, guy that did the director of photography was named Gordon Willis, who's Mm -hmm. one of the greats of all time, who actually did Manhattan, the great Woody Allen movie, which is in black and white. Um, But, you know, Coppola talks about in the uh, commentary for Godfather 1. That Gordon Willis thought he was a young whippersnapper, meaning Coppola, who he was at the time. He hadn't really done any great directing. He had written Patton, which won the Oscar, but it just happened when they were starting to film it, the, the, him winning mm-hmm. the Oscar. So he kind of gained a little esteem there, but, but then just throughout the whole Godfather 1, he says he was fighting with him because he thought he you know Coppola's opinion didn't matter. Hmm. But then come Godfather 2. You know, he won. You know all the Oscars. Where he said he was on equal footing <laughs> with it. I mean, he got to the point of like getting treated like a yes, an equal. So, uh, but anyway, amazing. But let's double back through. And if you have anything else to contradict me, you know, put it on. If, <laughs> I wasn't
2: contradicting you. No, just come a, on, you weren't. It was scene. very
0: light touch again. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I love the Godfather. Oh, I guess the one thing I was going to say is. You were talking about The Wire, how I haven't seen it. Oh, that's true. That's what it was. So for like a couple years, I'm thinking, hey, he's he's uh, experienced, as Hendricks was saying. He's initiated. But then like the third time in a row, I asked him something. About, it's like when Brother Mazzone did this, and he's giving me this like when he, he blinks in Moore's code, <laughs> that means he doesn't know what you're talking about, but he doesn't want to let you know. And I got that one figured out. I'm like, Mackenzie, I mean, how many of these could you forget? He goes, well... I got to admit something. Uh, I've seen a few of the beginning and a few at the end and not, <laughs> and not all in between. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell? It's like, first of all, it's one thing not to have seen The Wire. A lot of people haven't. And every year, more people have. But why lie about it? And what was, I Don't I, I? can paraphrase your answer, but maybe we should get it fresh. What, what was the answer?
2: I just wanted to be in on those conversations when you guys talk but about The Wire. You weren't.
0: You weren't. You mean you were just hoping one of the six episodes you saw?
2: And be- the recap videos from YouTube. I thought I could which, piece which it together. Is actually,
0: which is like ruining it. Like, I heard someone once say, and this was a great comment. How, actually, it was, uh, it was actually Mitch. You should be local radio here. Mitch Moss. Mitch said, this was probably five, six years ago, seven, I heard him say on the air. "If I, I, would, I wonder how much money I would give to have never seen the Seinfelds. So the theory is he now could watch them all fresh. Oh, I see. Right? So it's like he, you know, assuming uh, assuming the first time is going to be different. And then the second time is better than the fifth time or the ninth time, right? Some people watch the iPhone nonstop. How much would you pay? And I'm thinking a lot, right? I would love to have not seen like Sopranos. See, The Wire, I think, is better the second time through.
1: I just saw one of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror Mm -hmm. uh, Halloween Uh specials. I want to go back and watch everyone. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen.
0: That's a great debate because, obviously, up through about 2000, the first seven, eight years, as good as any show, probably, there was a long haul in there. I mean, it's been 20 years since, 22 since then, right? I will say this. When we went to the Super Bowl in Miami, and then I I upgraded first class on the way back, and you didn't
1: remember. Yeah, and when they I put was... me next to two fat guys. Also, <laughs> they're not fat.
0: Rotund. Oh. Yeah. And then I was up in the first class. You eating? I think I was. I think they brought me a ice cream sundae. It's the same was as in the as Seinfeld episode. Yeah. yeah. And the <laughs> bath the
1: bathroom was really <laughs> stinky. Also.
0: But I was watching Simpsons. But what they had, I don't think you had it back there. But what they had was. Um, like that current season, the whole season. So whatever, that's been three years or two years ago. So whatever, okay. Damn, it's as funny as anything I've seen lately. It's not the first eight years. So if it's the funniest show on TV or one of the funniest, but it's not as good as it used to be, what is it? Mm. Is it not as good or is it damn funny? (laughs) Each of you have to answer that question. I would say this. I don't know anyone that's watched it all the way through. Everyone let go of it at some point, so everyone has a chance to double back. Sure, just where? I don't know. All right, Godfather Three better than and anyone that goes whenever if they say Godfather Three and you hear them go, and these different noises they make, <laughs> ah, it's like no, this is like this. You will never do something as good. I'm talking to the people making the noises. You will never do something as good as Coppola did in Godfather Three ever. You think you're going to ever do anything in a a $100 billion business per year, whatever it is, per year, that is the seventh best thing done that year? Nah. Chances are. Statistically, no. No. And if there's someone that will, shoot me an email. Maybe we can do some business. But the fact is, that's what he did. It deserves credit. And then, last point, during the pandemic, Coppola had some time on his hands. He said, I'm going to recut Godfather Three. So it's called now, the, the the new version is called The Death of Michael Corleone, and it's on, I think it was Amazon only, I'm not sure now, I haven't seen it yet, but I did see, closing thought, I did see Godfather 3 in the theater in Chicago, actually, we were right around our anniversary, we were going to Chicago for our 50-year anniversary, and I... We planned it not a—because, you know, if your anniversary is on the 21st and you're going to go for five days, you could go from the 21st to the 26th. You could go from the 17th, you know, do the math. Well, I saw Godfather 3 was playing one day only, Mm -hmm. so it got bookended in there, and it was much better than what most of the listeners have ever done. What do you think, Mackenzie? I thought it was a good movie. (laughs) Uh uh Did Did you watch that all the way through? I
2: might, have, I might have dozed off at some point. <laughs> dozed off.
0: <laughs> That's all you need to know about Mackenzie. Talk to you. Well, should talk to you on the next pod. If not, talk to you on Thursday. If not, well, you're making a mistake.